Good morning. As the last beautiful sounds of the bell of the bowl fade away, can I take a deep breath in and release it, bringing myself into this one place at this time on this beautiful Sunday morning, letting go of anything that has come before and anything that will come after. As I say, thank you, God, for the beautiful morning. Thank you, God, for being able to be with my family today. Thank you, God, from the, for the spiritual nourishment that I know Chris brings. Thank you, God, for the beauty of the world and the peace that surrounds us. Thank you, God, for life. And I say, thank you, Father, Mother, God, and so it is. Amen. Thank you, Lucinda. I give our, our cameraman a little work to do here. <laughs> anybody in Zoom land is joining us for the first time, I'd like to welcome you and say good morning. I'm Chris Johnson. I'm a prayer practitioner here at Mystic Heart Spiritual Center, and I'd like to welcome you home, home to our beloved community and home to your own Mystic Heart, which is where your spiritual answers can be found. Our theme for this month is creating a love-soaked world, and we have used the metaphor of sharing a meal to illustrate how we might uh, how we might expand and how we might welcome people into our our lives so so not so, so that no one is excluded so we begin our meditative journey this morning by joining our voices in musical prayer as we chant together welcome to you welcome home to your mystic heart Welcome home to your mystic heart. Lay aside whatever came before. Let your own intuition start to guide you to heaven's door. Welcome home to your mystic heart. Lay your own intuition start to guide you to heaven's door. Welcome home to your mystic heart. Lay aside whatever came before. Let your own intuition start to guide to heaven's door, to guide you to heaven's door, to guide you to
to heaven's good to sing together. If you're comfortable doing so, I invite you now to gently close your eyes or lower your gaze and take a few deep breaths. 
allow yourself to move fully, body and soul, into this moment. Here and now we enter into the presence of our beloved community and into the Divine Presence. I invite you to center your awareness on your heart area. Feel the energy there, feel the Divine Presence in your own heart. And then let your awareness expand out to those around you. The jewel of consciousness that's in your own heart is also a light as a precious gem in the hearts of each one here. And now spiral your awareness out farther and farther to include our neighbors, friends, family, our community, our city, our county, our state, and throughout the world. Connected by spirit, we celebrate our oneness with all of humanity and with all of creation. We see all the animals, the plants, soil, water, air, planets, stars, and galaxies shining with the same divine light that we are. One spirit, one life, expressing an infinite variety. I invite you now to remain grounded in the truth of who and whose we are, as together we find our place at the table. We've been talking about our need to build a bigger table, a framework large enough to include our whole human family. The table is where we share food and conversation and where we celebrate our common heritage as family and friends. The metaphor of the dinner table is representative of our relationship with everyone and with all that is. As developing mystics on the path to greater awareness, we accept and know our oneness with all that is, the four-leggeds, the two-leggeds, the finned, the winged, plants, rocks, soil, water, air, all alive and tingling with consciousness. This principle of unity, oneness, demands that we include all of creation as family, 
and welcome it all to the table. Traditionally, the householder sits at the head of the table. The head of the table is a position of power, prestige, and privilege. In medieval times, a container of salt was placed in the middle of a long, the long feasting table, and the king or the lord and his family sat at the head of the table and honored guests all sat above the salt, closer to the royalty. The less distinguished guests and the servants sat below the salt. Your place at the table was strictly defined by your social standing. So that begs the question, where is my place at the table? Do I sit above the salt? Or below. I'm reminded of the legend of King Arthur. He desired that he and all of his noble knights should have an equal voice in all decisions. And that is how they just settled on a round table for their discussions. There was no head at a round table. No one above or below the salt Nobody held a position of greater or less power, honor, privilege, or prestige, or importance. If there is to be true equity, my seat at the table must be among the other expressions of spirit there, between two of my divine siblings. So what does this radical egalitarianism require of us? Some of us were born into a life of privilege because our skin color, gender identity, and sexual orientation aligned with some unwritten norm. Although we might not necessarily feel privileged, we still may unconsciously act or speak from that perspective. So radical egalitarianism requires that we humble up and be vigilant with our thoughts, our words, and our actions. And if and when we slip up, we need to admit it, own our mistake, and apologize for our carelessness. Those of us not privileged by accident of birth may have work to do as well in order to be comfortable at this bigger table. After years of tokenism and superficial inclusion, we may be suspicious about how welcome we really are. That suspicion can block the flow of true communication, compassion, and acceptance between us. That which protects us against hatred also protects us against love. Whether we are privileged or marginalized, radical Radical egalitarianism requires that we overcome our fear and allow ourselves to be vulnerable. It requires that we listen generously from our hearts, genuinely open to new understanding. We must suspend our opinions, our judgments, and our reactivity 
so that we may hear beyond the words and get a glimpse of one another's essence. We must have such a solid knowing of our divine oneness that no difference of opinion can cause us to feel separated, ever.
beautiful lyric. Together we can make a difference in our world. Every creed and color, every boy and girl, all of creation, no separation. We are one, one heart. Even though it seems we are so far apart and many times we're feeling all alone, the truth of who we are has been here from the start. We are one heart. The Zulu tribe of South Africa has a word to acknowledge this deep sense of equality and respect. The word is Saubona. It means, I see you. My tribe and all our ancestors see your tribe and your ancestors. It means I value all of who you are, your virtues, nuances, and flaws, I am fully present with you. I allow myself to discover your needs, to see your fears, to identify your mistakes, and accept them. Sabona reminds me to see others without prejudice and to leave grudges behind. It doesn't stop at inclusion. Inclusion and belonging are not the same thing. Inclusion says you may join our group as long as you abide by our agreements, structures, and rules. This is not belonging. Belonging gives each of us an equal voice, equal value, and equal agency. True belonging is when our full humanity as individuals and as groups is embraced. In these few moments of silence, let us contemplate those who are important to us. Do we see one another in this profound way? And let us ponder why are we here at the same time? What has this moment of time given us?
Salbono speaks of embracing another person's soul, of seeing the wholeness behind another's shadow. It means I see myself in your eyes. It acknowledges our common membership in the human family and invites us to participate in one another's lives. Seeing implies the question, how do I have to be for you to be free? If I limit one person's freedom, I limit my own. It is my prayer that each of us approaches the apparent other and our world in general with the spirit of Saubona. That we acknowledge our oneness because we belong together, all of us, no exception. How do we remember our oneness with others in our day-to-day -day life? How do we break through the illusion of separation and see the essence of one another, the Christ within? How do we live Namaste? We may start with a regular practice of meditation and prayer in which we contemplate the unity of all life and then pray for the guidance to keep, pre keep fresh before us the moments of our high resolve. But then we need to take that commitment out into the streets. If unity does not show up as the foundation of every interaction we have with other people, with other beings, we still have work to do. The human family is being called into a new way of being on this earth and with one another. The infinite diversity of creation is more than merely variety. It is a sacred dimension that we should approach with awe and great respect. It is a lifelong exploration of what it means to be a human being. The Hebrew prophet Micah reminded us that we already know what we need to do. In chapter 6, verse 8, he says, He has already shown you what is good. What does Yahweh require of you? Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. As we work together as the hands and feet of God, the heart and voice of God, let us always remember who and whose we are. Let us be guided into establishing social justice, compassion, forgiveness, and humility as a core value in our world. Let all that we do help to establish the more beautiful world our hearts know is possible, a love-soaked world. We close our Taze this morning with a Cheyenne prayer adapted from Henrietta Mann. Grandfather sacred above, 
Grandmother sacred below, Creator, God. You who are known by many names, thank you for this sacred morning, for this gathering, for the food and the water, and for your guidance. As the humble, upright, two-legged walkers with five fingers, thank you for the divine, the holy that is within each of us, your four, your four human children from each of the four sacred directions of this good earth. Thank you for the sacred breath of life. Thank you for the power of good-heartedness and spirit-centeredness. Thank you for good minds and speech. Thank you for your great gift of sight and visions so that we can see the beauty of life and the beloved in one another. Maheo, with humility, I ask you to encircle each of us with all that is good, especially with respect, compassion, understanding, and joy. Shield all who stand here before you with the power that is love and the strength of gentleness in their sacred commitment to educating the beloved and precious children of this sacred red earth. Fulfill their vision of recreating a strong and compassionate human community that understands the kinship of all life. Bless all my relations who have come to this ceremony so that in their days on earth they will walk in beauty and with honor. Maheo, bless all my relations with grace and the ability to forgive. Comfort and wipe the tears of all those who are in sorrow. Fill their hearts and minds with serenity and hope. Guide our hearts with compassion and wise spiritual direction so that we can think love and be love, so that we can think peace and be peace. Nish. Knowing the power and the truth of these sacred words, we give thanks. Thanks for the courage to stand humbly and vulnerably in this world for the unwavering resolution to interact authentically and compassionately with our divine siblings. We are grateful for reminders from spirit that we are one heart, one family, one God expressing through and as all of creation. Centered in unity, I release this prayer knowing that it continues its work within us and through each of us. And so it is. Amen. Aho. I invite you now to bring your awareness back into this space. Open your eyes and take a look at who is here celebrating with you this morning. This is your spiritual family, your beloved community. These are some of the people who care about you, who are there for you, if you need anything. Prayer, spiritual support, lunch. <laughs> and as we close our Teze meditation, we offer the opportunity to, for you to share your financial good and support of the work we do, should you choose to do so. If you're joining us online, you can find a donate button on our website at mysticheart.org.
or if you prefer writing a check and mailing it in, you can find our address online as well. And we thank you in advance for any and all of your gifts. As we pass the basket, I'd like to share this video from Reverend John Pavlovitz. He's the author of A Bigger, a Bigger Table, Building Messy, Authentic, and Hopeful Spiritual Communities. And he counters the accusations of being a, a left-wing radical with I'm the humane middle. This is John Pavlovitz. I am the radical left, and I didn't realize it. So, I'm the radical left, apparently. The president has told me that I am. I hear it from politicians and from preachers. And I'm really taken aback. I'm quite surprised because up until now, I had no idea that I was an extremist. I just thought I was an ordinary, regular, decent human being. I thought that living here in America, that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness was something I was supposed to take seriously for everyone. I thought as someone raised a Christian that loving my neighbor as myself was supposed to be a priority for me, that the golden rule actually meant something. I always thought decency was mainstream. I decided that I better take an inventory of the things that I believe to, to check for my extremism. I believe in full LGBTQ rights. I believe that black lives matter. I believe that we should protect the planet. I believe that everyone deserves health care. I believe that diversity makes us better. I believe that the world is bigger than America. I believe that to be pro-life means to protect all of life wherever it is under duress. I believe that people should be free to have religious beliefs and free to not have religious beliefs. I believe that non-American lives are as beautiful and valuable as American lives. I believe that superiority is not found in whiteness. I believe that compassion and kindness and generosity are always going to be the better path. And I believe that there is enough here for everyone, enough food, enough care, enough money, enough opportunity, if we only unleash our creativity and unclench our fists. Now, I'm not sure how these ideas became radical, although it seems to have happened over the last three or four years, but I grew up being taught that they were just part of being a decent human being. I grew up being taught that loving my neighbor as myself meant that I actually worked for their well-being as much as for my own. I believe that as an American citizen that the inalienable rights of other people was something that I pursued relentlessly. And I don't think I'm alone here. I think that most people reside here in this place believing that equality and diversity and love and justice, they're not fringe ideologies or extremist positions. They're actually just the best way to be human. I don't think we're the radical left. I think we're the humane middle. You see, regardless of their political affiliations or their religious worldview, I think most people right now want more humanity and not less. The fact that these aspirations are threatening to some people should be an alarm to them that they themselves have moved into extremism, that they have been living so long in a heavily fortified bunker of their ideologies and prejudices and phobias that they no longer realize that there is a better way to be human and that they're missing it, that equality now seems oppressive to them, that justice seems excessive, that decency is actually threatening. 
Maybe the problem isn't that we are radical, it's that humanity now looks radical to people who've embraced inhumanity. I could be wrong, but I don't think I'm the radical left. I just think I'm part of the humane middle, that vast, disparate, compassionate community, the we the people of this nation who are tired of cruelty and malice and fear and hatred defining us and who believe that there is a better path. But if all that makes me radical, I'm gonna be okay with that. I'm gonna be content here alongside like-hearted people in our compassionate, kind, generous, and loving extremism. <laughs>
strewn with happiness. May success find you everywhere. May you always embrace compassion and grace, and may God always answer your prayer. May you always embrace compassion and grace, and may God always answer your prayer. Enjoy this beautiful day. Thank you for being here. We'll be back. And we'll be back. Good morning. Good morning. That didn't sound good. Are you ready, God? Let's try that again. you just gotta laugh take a deep breath and let go breathing in love breathing out love and sending it forth to everyone around you and to those in your life Bringing myself into the right here and the right now. I say thank you, God, for this beautiful morning. Thank you, God, for each and every person who's here, each person in the Zoom room and each person on Facebook and anybody who will watch this video later. Thank you, God, for Chris this morning and the nourishment that he's giving out. I open my mind, I open my heart, I open my soul as I prepare to listen to even more. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father, Mother, God. And so it is. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Our world travelers are back. Yay. <laughs> if you're joining us for the first time online, I think I recognize everybody here. Uh, I'm Chris Johnson, a prayer practitioner here at Mystic Heart. And we are an independent interfaith community that teaches universal principles and practical spirituality. We welcome you home to your spiritual community should you choose us as your spiritual family and home to the guidance and wisdom of your own mystic heart.
This morning we center our conscious conversations on finding my place at the table as we share in the human experience. But let's get started by joining our voices in song. Feel free to stand up because you're going to get that directive in the second song anyway. <laughs> Up. Welcome to the Mystic Heart, join the celebration, lift your voice and sing your part, make this affirmation, spirit made us family with loving hearts to share, together we are joyfully practicing the possible through prayer. And everything's possible through so prayer. Welcome to the Mystic Heart. Wasn't church in the wild fun last week? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it was so much fun. Everybody, get up on your feet. See the light in everybody you meet. Everybody, get up on Well, it is time now, 
Turning changes in the air. <laughs> well, oh, we're over here now. That's good. <laughs> we're going to take a moment to practice our visioning for a, a love-soaked world. So if you'd like to ground yourself to the floor or stand or wave your hands in the air, whatever connects you to embody spirit. Grounded to Mother Earth, centered in our awareness of ourselves as instruments of the one creator, we focus on our heartfelt desire to create a love-soaked world. A world characterized by peace, love, generosity, compassion, and freedom. A world in which poverty, hunger, homelessness, violence, fear, and greed are things of the past where all have access to medical care, education, a comfortable home, creative expression, a world where healthy relationships, dignified work, and a sense of belonging are universal qualities. As we live and act from our highest intentions, we create a world where all people, animals, plants, and Mother Earth herself are valued as sacred creation. A world in which God's unlimited abundance is allowed to flow freely to all, where all are recognized as deserving of all of the lessons, all of the blessings that life has to offer, and are free to receive them gratefully. God is a spirit, no hands, no feet, no hearts but ours. As we work together to be the change we wish to see, there is no reason we cannot have such a world. Knowing that nothing can stop a divine idea whose time has come, we join together in consciousness, in prayer, and in service to the establishment of heaven on earth. As we speak our powerful word of creation, we affirm that our vision is taking form here, right now. We accept it, we release it, and let it be so, and so it is. Amen. So take a moment to look around and see who's with you today celebrating this beautiful Sunday morning. These are the people that are your beloved community, your spiritual family, and they're here to support you. Whatever you need, share their truck with you, Any, anything. This, th these are the folks. At Teze this morning, we continued our metaphor of building the bigger table by asking, okay, we've got this big table, everyone's welcome, where do I sit? I'm reminded of the, um, it's a saying that's attributed to Dr. Seuss, but it was actually a society columnist in, in New York that said, you know, what if I don't sit where my little place card is? And he says, you know, 
do what you want and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. <laughs> so um, so where do, where do we sit? How do we find our place at the table? So we talked about uh, the power and privilege that, and prestige that, uh, that come with sitting at the head of the table. So does that mean when we build the bigger table, that, that radically inclusive table, that we sit at the head? How does that kind of a how does that kind of privilege fit into a love soaked world? It doesn't. It doesn't. Gives us we need a big million. round table. Gives us twelve million different little tables. Twelve million. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. You know, if you're sitting around in TV trays. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, we looked at we we uh, remembered King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, and they chose a round table because there's no head. I wanted everybody to have an equal voice, an equal say in the decisions. But I would also say that um, having a head at the table gives us the opportunity to say, that's not me. Yeah, yeah. So to, to basically turn, turn away from the head of the table instead of you know, grasping for it. So That's true. We, we can choose to <clears throat> not take that position of leadership or that position of privilege, however you want to look at that. So, um, but I like the idea of the round table because then not only is there nobody uh, at the head, nobody that has uh, more say than anybody else, but you can see each other when we sit in a circle. That's why we did all our meditations at the <coughs> retreat in a big circle so that everybody could make eye contact with everybody else. If that's, that's where that sense of belonging comes in, I think. That, that if you have to lean forward or lean back to talk to somebody, two people down, two chairs down on, at the table, that's, that's not quite as inclusive. It's a little, a little harder to get there. We talked about true equity, and I referred to it as radical, radical egalitarianism. So what does radical egalitarianism, or radical equity, require of us? Hmm. Letting go. <laughs> Letting go, he said. Oh, letting go, yeah. Um, <clears throat> letting go of what? Judgment. Control. 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 <laughs> changing our uh, paradigm of how we think things should be. You know, yeah. In, in, in relationships. Yeah. Kind of let let go of how we think she, things should be. Okay. I mean, we can still have our opinions, but. Uh, I like what Craig Hamilton says, hold them loosely, don't, don't cling on to them, and when somebody challenges those assumptions, fight back. I actually meant in terms of uh, certain types of people we, we put in a box, Yeah. we need to get rid of that box. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so be radically open to how that person is showing up right here and now. Business as usual. Oh. Business as usual. You mean the um, entropy, <laughs> social entropy that letting go of being right. Letting go of being right. Yeah. What about if we are in a group that was 
privileged by accident of birth. I mean, I'm a white male adult, which is kind of the definition of privileged in America. Um, so we have to not only let go of that, but as I talked about the, earlier in, in Taze, have to let go of the subconscious uh, subconscious behavior motivations, I think, that, I mean, I've, I've been a white male for seven decades now, and um, <laughs> I, I undoubtedly have some habits that, that come from not being excluded most of the time. So we've got to be kind of be on guard against that, uh, that unconscious behavior. Uh, like the learned out. behaviors? What? The learned behaviors? Yeah, the learned behaviors and just habitual things like that. I was going to say there's a responsibility. It's a responsibility now for action for those of us that I'm also a white male, not 70, seven decades, but yeah. <laughs> four and a half. Uh, <laughs> and I can definitely see that there's some action upon those of us and others. Yeah. To responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, it's, we have a responsibility to to be on guard for that. So, and responsibility, remember, means an ability to respond appropriately. All right. So, what about and this is something this is something we talked about in our allies group. Uh, what about when we make mistakes? Anybody here ever make mistakes in, in relationships? So what, what do we do when we make a mistake? When we Apologize. Apologize? <laughs> make up for it. You know, I, I, I'm, I've been processing some um, past um, choices I've made in the previous, you know, and I'm, I'm learning to have conversation with my adult kids now and, and open up those spaces um, to let them know I recognize what I've done and the hurt spaces that were created, yeah. you know. Yeah. That, that's really, that's how I'm showing up for that space, you know. Yeah. And it's creating maturity in all of us, mm -hmm. you know, and a, a, a deeper wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. I've <laughs> had a few of those conversations with a couple of my children as well. Was I a perfect parent? No. Did I do the best I could with what I had at the time? I think so. Did I make mistakes? Oh yeah. And their list is probably longer than what I remember. Um, <laughs> but the first time we, first time they tried to have that discussion with me, I wasn't ready. So, yeah. So it's it's it is. A, a, responsibility of parenthood is to say, okay, well, let me have it and, and also remember that that you're not that person anymore. It's not uh, right. it's not aimed at you in the here and now, but I know my kids had to get it off their chest. Mm -hmm. So um, well I think and, and I think there's also um, the matter of owning up to your mistakes, but at the same time, not making the mistake of, of flogging yourself over Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have to 
own the mistake and apologize and then clean up the mess and I think that that helps um, that helps the release process the letting go process so you don't keep it in the back of your mind going I'm so dumb I should I should have done I should have could have done that I could have could have should have would have well, there's also the tendency in that situation to justify, and that's not entirely appropriate either. No. <clears throat> there was a comedian that said, you know, I can, I can get through life without alcohol, I can get through life without drugs, but nobody can get through life without a good justification every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> and we do that, don't we? Well, I did that because da-da-da-da-da, you know? Um, and so yeah, so we have to let that defense defensiveness down, and uh, <laughs> allow ourselves to. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, I did that, and didn't work out the way I was hoping it would work out. But you know. Chris, let me address something that's uh, come up for me in this context. It, it's it's frame of reference, and historically, when people would gather, they'd gather at perhaps whomever had the biggest house let's say, or the largest tent. And those people were given a kind of a deference uh, it looked to as sort of a leader. And those are the ones that sat at the top of the table, as you mentioned earlier yeah. in the uh, Taze. There was a hierarchy of placement. Um, the most important sit highest, and the least important sat lowest. Those are all, they gave in terms of place, a frame of reference for those who didn't know how to behave, they would know how to behave given those references, uh, frames of reference. Uh, and um, I guess I'm trying to say too much in this one thing, but uh, it, it's it's a historical sort of thing that culturally we, we all um, assimilated. I know my father always insisted on being the head of the household and yeah. whatever he said and if he said well that's the way it is that's the way it was. There yeah. was no questioning. So those are culturally motivated beliefs. They're uh, right in your cells of your body. Yeah. you know. Yeah. And so when we're talking about egalitarianism um, that's a kind of a new uh, concept and it's kind of based on communally accepting each person as they are. And as Diana was talking uh, earlier, um, I think she asked for a definition of time in some way. And what came up for me, uh, you know, we're always, we look around and we want to be accepted by the person whom we're speaking of. And so we look for that. And often we won't find it because that person may be thinking a whole different thing. They're not ready to meet you in that way. Yeah. So what I came up with just as a, uh, an observation was, what do we have in common? We all have time, and time gives you a place. So we all have time, and if we're fortunate, we can share a place. But we all have time. Whether you agree with that person or not, if they're alive, that's something you have in common with them. And so, um, if you ever feel yourself separate in a crowd, you, you may not want to embarrass yourself by looking into somebody's eyes or smiling too much, give them the wrong impression perhaps, 
but you, you can acknowledge, uh, even subconsciously, we're all alive and sharing the same moment, breathing the yeah. same air. Yeah. And that's a good place to start. Yeah. It is good. Yeah, sharing, sharing space is, is what the dinner table is all about, right? Um, and it, so it's, it's how do we share that? Do we share it as equals? Do we share it as, you know, the, the dad or the minister at the head of the table and everybody else is, you know, you know up and down in the ranks? Uh, by the way, you said something that really, really rung a bell. Anybody else grow up with, because I said so? Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't think there's room for that at the bigger table. You know, you know, I'm just gonna let this thought go. That's just, I'm not gonna, because it's kind of, it's kind of creating a little more chaos than <laughs> it's gonna take it in another direction. So I'm gonna save it for another time. Disregard. Oh, okay. Disregard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so there's a fine line, though, right? Because there is in organization. Let's just say an organization like this. There is the necessity for someone to take whatever comes and be responsible for it, right? Yeah, the buck's gotta stop somewhere. Somewhere, because that can be total chaos if nobody's willing to be that front runner yeah. person, yet that is a hierarchy, but it's not a values-based hierarchy. Mm -hmm. It's not I'm more important than you are. It's just somebody has to be the engine and the one to take, you know, whatever falls downhill. So, so there's a, you know, I I love the round table. I, you know, I try to operate that way, and it's kind of a. There's a fine line there. I yeah. think. Yeah, I, I remember, remember when uh, I first became director of the charter school. Um, the the principal's group was reading a book, uh, I can't remember what, what the name of it was, but it's not a matter of, of hierarchy, but it's getting everybody in the right seats. Getting the pilot in the pilot seat, the navigator in the navigator mm -hmm. seat. So if those guys switch around, they're not gonna have the skills to do right. to do that job. So you, um, and, but somebody's gotta be the pilot, and right. technically that's that's the head of the table, technically. that's. That's a person in, in in power, so um, all equally valued. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. So what keeps your plane in the air? I would suggest it's communication. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. that's the round table. Yeah. Yes. We right. can see each other. We can yeah. all talk. We can all know what's going on. None mm -hmm. of us gets to say they've got it. Right. I can't see them. I'm sure they've got it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is your pilot speaking. Where is he? I don't see him. <laughs> David? Well, it seems that everything changes. You know, we, we might start off with one set of values, and as we grow and become more experienced, we go, oh, this doesn't hold true anymore. And so what we might have dealt with our children as this is the way it is and that's it, advances and grows as we grow and more wisdom and, and life experience, you go, oh, no, that's not how 
That's not how I raise my children. My children are independent spiritual beings. I'm to guide them. I'm not to control them. Right. I, I guess I can also see kind of a love-based hierarchy. In other words, mm -hmm. think think of terms of uh, like parents and children. Um, you know, you're not. You may be directing them, and but hopefully that's in a way that is because you love them and you you want them to protect them or to not see them stumble the way you stumbled or things like that. <coughs> so that's. It's you know love love is usually is always egalitarian but it's but there in that in that particular case there's a sort of a hierarchy that happens because yeah uh, because you're you're you love them and you're you're looking out for them in the same way that maybe an elder younger elder relationship where one person is looking for guidance in a way um, that that elder hopefully is not someone who's going to lord it over them but is going to give them their advice and love, not thinking that he's better than them, but just because I've, I've lived longer than you have and I've had more experience than you. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. That's, that's a good point. I'm, I was uh, reminded there's a, there's a cartoon that I used when I was in education that defines equity and as, as opposed to equality. So there's, there's three people. There's an adult, and then there's a, a younger kid, and then an even younger kid, different different heights, and they're watching over the fence a baseball game over the fence, and there's there's three wooden boxes in the area, and so equality is everybody gets a box, even though the fence is this high and I can already see over it, I get a box, and then the the middle sized kid gets a box and then he can see the little guy gets on one box and he still can't see over the over the fence. So the equity then is I get no box, the medium sized kid gets one box and then the little guy gets two boxes and everybody can see. So that's that's love. That's equity. Yeah, that's love. It's not equality, you know, like uh, the children in a family they uh, Minor children in a family are not going to get the majority of the decision-making uh, power in a in a family, and then uh, the uh, but it's just because of uh, qualifications, and you know, in the round table, you know, and he talked about the uh, um, leadership, love, love showing, showing the leadership and. If we're treating one another from from a place of authenticity and, and love, um, we're going to be we're going to gravitate more towards some people than other people. But it doesn't mean that we treat them necessarily differently or give them greater respect than anybody else. So, so how do we remember our oneness? How do we live in Namaste consciousness all the time? Awareness, consciousness, huh? awareness, awareness, consciousness. I endeavor to let go of the fears of what I think needs to happen and impose those on other people, impose those on my children to behave a certain way, 
because I'm afraid that if they are seen for doing certain things, yeah. that I'm not as good of a parent. Um, so, yeah, yeah that's, uh, how does that equate? I'm trying to, I'm trying. Our, uh, our friend David Roth has a song called, it's, uh, the, the hook line is, don't shoot on me and I won't shoot on you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we do. We have our sense of values and we, we project that on onto the world. We project it onto our kids unconsciously. I certainly did. Um, and but it's not a one size fits all. We all have to we all have to find what fits for us. Yeah, well like Gary said, as far as um, being the elder and having more experience than I know, so I'm going to tell my child what they need to know. Yeah. Some of what I think I know, but maybe isn't coming from a place of actual knowing. Yeah. Maybe it's from a lot of fear and a lot of judgment that I held on to, so they better behave that way, otherwise they're going to get judged, and yeah. now I'm exactly doing that thing. Nice. <laughs> I remember, I remember cl so clearly the day my, my oldest son was about a year and a half old and I channeled my father <laughs> and it was not only it's not only just something that he said it was something that he said that I had sworn to myself at that time that when I have kids I will never say that but bleh. <laughs> just bleh. totally out of control so yeah those those inborn habits are just just really really hard so so it does it takes a great power of awareness uh, can you see how that uh, that sharing that you did with your sons enabled them to see you as an equal and to feel that they mm -hmm. deserve to be communicated with to yeah. that yeah. same sincerity and that was so healing to those sons yeah. and, and to all of us it's a matter of communal acceptance and yet yeah. without using a kind of hierarchy justification well I'm better than you or you know for any kind of that it's a communicable uh, acceptance and that's how communication goes round and round. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Gardner yeah. Yeah. Uh, since our mind is occupied 24-7 all the moments of the day can be uh, can be a, a a time for repeating a mantra, an affirmation, and I remember one from a tradition that goes like this that I find very useful. As you're walking in the street or or going anywhere, doing nothing, your mind you think is not occupied, but you know for sure it sure is occupied with negative thoughts or positive thoughts. But repeating a mantra I find very useful. And this is how it goes. May all the beings in all the worlds be happy. Mm. And it covers a wide range to get your mind reoccupied with positivity and, uh, and support. Yeah. That is a good, you know, if you're not having to to keep your mind on a specific task that you're doing. Yeah. To, and that's most of the time. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, repeating a mantra or, or an affirmation is, is a good way to, to keep that awareness 
in that oneness. And then when you run into somebody from in that consciousness, um, it's going to be a, a clean, authentic interchange, I think. All right. Okay, so here, how many of us actually go out and look for opportunities to connect this way? With strangers? Do you care to share how you do that? Um, how do you do that? I think just being aware and recognizing that there are people around you at all times and taking a minute to smile at the cashier and yeah. make make a, a short sentence or a phrase about something that you noticed or are you having a good day or are you almost off today or yeah. you know just just connecting mm. and yeah. it's it doesn't take a lot to do that <laughs> No, no, yeah, it's rec recognizing the humanity of the person behind the cash register or, you know. Yeah, it's not, it's not a matter of like running someone down on the street and saying, I love you, you know. It, 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 <laughs> that, would, that would just be really strange. So, like she said, it, it, you know, it, it's, oh. we're always presented with ways yeah. to, to interact with somebody in a, in a kind way. I mean, we were, we were at the cool April nights and we were getting snow cones because, yeah. And uh, the, the very young kid was, was working the flavors and had run out and there was a big line. And uh, Gary was just like, hey, you're doing great. Yeah. Chill. <laughs> you got snow cones. You know, it, it, it doesn't take a lot to just talk into somebody's yeah. life. Yeah. yeah I, somebody told me one time that they... When they when they go in the, in the checkout stand, they they look for the person's name tag, yeah. and then hey, you know at the end is you know well thanks Daniel I appreciate uh -huh. you you know and I so, so I tried that a few times and they light up they light yeah. up like a Christmas tree it's amazing <laughs> when you asked uh, oh, David and then okay. and <laughs> well the one thing I try to do is always thank someone for anything that's happened yeah. thank you. And yes, the name recognition also in those situations is really nice because you are addressing that being, that spirit right there. And who doesn't like to be recognized, you know, or appreciated? Yeah. So thank you has been a big one to me, just yeah, yeah, just that. Yeah, yeah. gratitude. Um, yeah, I was going to say, uh, when you first asked, I thought, what Gary said basically, like, where's my orange robe? I got to go out and like get people to, you know, join my, my, <laughs> my new thing. You know? But when Angela shared, that's I I endeavor to do that as well. I didn't even think about that being as powerful, I guess, as it is. Yeah, I think it's super powerful. Yeah. Just a it's, few words. It feels so well. good to me, so yeah. I just do it because it feels so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I mean it just you can't understate the power of of noticing somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. In a positive way. Yeah, we tend to see people as their function rather than as a human being fulfilling a function. You know, that's the clerk. No, that's Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> Every morning when I walk, 
I always acknowledge all the people I pass. Mm -hmm. I always say good morning, and sometimes they'll stop, we'll chat a little bit, but I try to make that connection. And of course, since I lost my dog, when they have a dog, I go, can I pet your dog? How they got my dog, but I do try to make conversation along the way, or they'll stop and talk. And a couple of times I've seen people where they're down, yeah. and I still say good morning to them, and I'll say a little prayer after mm -hmm. I pass them. Mm -hmm. They're having a bad day, mm -hmm. watch over them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so connecting with people that you run into, yeah. And it doesn't take much, sometimes just a smile. Presence. Right. Acknowledgement uh, and exactly that, presence. Um, I've been hearing that in a lot of what we've been talking about, but presence, I'm definitely wanting to express more directly because if we're busy in our own heads, if we're not here in our present space, then we can't really make those connections. Yeah. We're the ones having the bad day, or um, <laughs> at least the, the busy day. Uh, I know that sometimes I get caught up in, my, in whatever I'm doing, and I need to go in this order to make sure everything gets done, and, and that definitely takes me aware, away from being present. Yeah. So that presence is what we, we owe to ourselves and everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Mark? I want to acknowledge what Dave said over there about showing gratitude uh, because I can see when I say thank you, if I can add thank you for and then add what it was that I truly feel yeah. touched enough to mention, that will brighten their day and reinforces, well, maybe I'll do that again with the next person. You know, Just thanks for the look in the face. Thanks. It, it, uh, last time I did it, it was thanks for counting back the change that yes. I deserved. Yeah. We take so many things for granted. When you're specific about what you're thankful for, that registers in the person's mind. That's a good point. And it brings me to another. We talked about apologizing when we make a mistake. How many people have, have been told, oh, I'm sorry, and didn't feel mm -hmm. that, that they, yeah. the sincerity there? When at that school, I would I would have my my students apologize, but say you need to say I'm sorry for da, da, da. just like I'm grateful for I'm sorry for this doing this to you, I'd, and it makes it kind of forces them to look at how they made the other person feel. Mm -hmm. Well, also I have to stop and remember that I need to mean it when I say it. Yes. Yeah. So I'm sorry, but I really am sorry for what happened. I'd like to make amends. I'm not just saying this because I want to end the argument. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, because I'll be grounded if I don't apologize. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And a real I'm sorry for me implies that I will do my very best to not let it happen again. Yeah. 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 It's, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for the same thing. That's, no. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it starts to be starts to feel insincere. Yes. All right. I'd like to share with oh, a our phone. Wrap things up with a. I'm gonna let it go. Quote from uh, Albert Einstein. It's quoted in uh, Eknath Warren's translation of the Dhammapada. And Einstein said, uh, "A human being is part of the whole, what we call a universe, a part limited in time and space." He experiences himself, his thoughts and feelings, as something separated from the rest. 
a kind of optical delusion of consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest to us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature and its beauty. And I think that's what we've been about this month. And then from John Pavlovitz, some of you saw him speak from the Compassionate Middle yeah, That was a great earlier. video. Yeah. That was, that was a great video. Let's play it again. Play it again. And this, <laughs> the ones who weren't this, here. This is the, the book that your uh, practitioners and, and core council have been reading. You know, how to, a bigger table building messy, authentic, and hopeful spiritual communities. And he writes, when we are living in a spiritual community where radical hospitality, total authenticity, true diversity, and agenda-free relationships are the normal operating system, Every question is not only manageable, but welcome, because our default condition becomes hope and not fear. We don't come burdened with shame, we don't come fearful of expulsion, and we don't spend our time waiting for the judgmental shoe to drop. When people come to the bigger table, they don't need to earn acceptance. This is a given. When we gather at the table Jesus sets, none of us are misfits. By our very presence we fit, because we are full image bearers of God, and beloved as we are, without alteration. But when everybody is openly bringing everything, there's real connection. When each person realizes they are not outsiders around the table. Are we willing to bring it all? Full inclusivity, full authenticity, full vulnerability? I'd like to close with this uh, prayer from the Lakota Sioux tradition. Wakantanka, great mystery, great spirit, teach me how to trust my heart. Teach me how to trust my mind. Teach me how to trust my intuition. Teach me how to trust my inner knowing, the senses of my body, the blessings of my spirit. Teach me to trust these things so that I may enter my sacred space and love beyond my fear and thus walk in balance with the passing of each glorious sun. I'm so grateful for this time in beloved community together. I give thanks for the way spirit infuses this gathering with divine wisdom by spirit flowing freely through each heart present. In gratitude for the sacred space where it is safe to be fully authentic, I affirm and know that we are here together on purpose to support and to be supported, to love and to be loved, to witness and to be witnessed, to forgive and be forgiven. This is beloved community. This is the bigger table. This is who we are and why we're here and what we stand for. Mystic Heart is the epicenter of a love-soaked world rippling out in all directions to envelop this planet as above, so below, as within, so without. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so it is.
Amen. Yes. I am not welcome at many tables. Thank you for making me. Thank you for gracing our table with your presence. Yeah, I think we've all had that feeling of non-acceptance. But not here. So each Sunday we invite you to join in the celebration of the work we are doing here by uh, giving of your financial goods if you choose to do so. If you're at home or online, you can go to mysticheart.org use our donate button or find our mailing address and we also have a gracious giving program for those of you who'd like to commit to a, a monthly gift and you can find more information on our website at mysticheart.org so as we move into this time of giving please hold these words close to your heart and know how much we appreciate your gifts as I awaken to the God within me and all around me I see abundance everywhere I look. I consciously step into that flow of abundance by this act of giving. I offer this gift freely in the spirit of love, blessing and sending it forth to heal and prosper. It is evidence of my deep faith. It does good work in the world and blesses all of creation. I give from a consciousness of abundance. And so it is. Amen. So our offertory video is called One World, We Are One. It's by Mag7, Illumination, Illuminated. Up Cause we all one fan From the rest to the block To the prairie to the rock We connect that love Cause the people with power Feel the power of the people When we stand as one I got you stuck off the realness We be indigenous, you heard of us Max heaven, the murderer Spreading the love with the water And earth in the stand against Ain't gotta know what the purpose is We ride, the climate is changing The signs of the times It's time to start praying Pray for the world and community Prayers are more powerful When we're in unity Hungry for a change, new path to take Can't stay the same, it's been too long Pointing out who's right or wrong Can you hear me out? All we need is a little bit of love Take time to heal and it starts with us Hand in hand, I put my trust In one world, reunite, it's a must Hold on to hope, we can overload We 
can break the code with a single note Sing out for the world to hear that our time is now No more for tears I looked into my son's eyes A new day in a new life Lift the veil and dwell so peaceful Come together one world, one peace We got beautiful differences, let me give you a peek Over 500 tries, but we all unique And if we cannot compete to eat, nothing could beat us Jealousy is more dangerous than diabetes See this unity? Imagine what it looked like You would think we would do whatever it took, right? I would do anything for this good life We could do anything if we unite You're made of you are my savior So you pray for our inspiration From the block to your reservation Any color, all my relations From the basement, worldwide invasion Every day we're painting our faces Fighting back by learning our language Dancing our dances, saying our prayers every one of us a part of a living tapestry of beauty and so I take just this one little moment to say thank you for my part in the tapestry and for each person that I see and I know that I touch thank you for all of your gifts for helping us to send it forth to create, to help create a love-soaked world. Thank you to each individual in here for being yourself. 
Thank you, Father, Mother, God. And so it is. Amen. All right, so yes, there is a birthday cake next door also for dessert. So let's go ahead and wrap up. All together, hand in hand, we see the light, we take a stand, and we are changing. A whole new life for you and me, take your past and set it free, and share this blessing. Love be with you, peace unfold you, spirit lift you, breathe it in. Truth come through you, make good flow to you, let joy renew you until we Love be with you. 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 Love be with you until we meet again. Love be with you. Love be with you. Have a beautiful Sunday.